What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Broad on Broad Street Podcast with your host, me, Brie Mendonca. Happy first week of spring. Not that it really feels like it really in Philly, at least today. Honestly, it's still roughly in the 40s considering like the wind chill when I'm recording this right now on Monday. So it could definitely be a lot warmer. I think it's supposed to be in the 60s for a high going forward for roughly the rest of the week, which is a hell of a lot more ideal to me. So hopefully that's the case. Honestly, just being in daylight savings time now has already helped so much for me. The sun here sets around 7 p.m. now and it's only getting later every day. So better days are on the way. I can feel it. It's also come to my attention that I'm apparently awful at catching my own mistakes in my podcast when it comes to editing and listening to it back because I was apparently saying Labor Day in my intro last week when I was talking about the time frame between like March and Labor Day. I meant to say Memorial Day. And every single time there's a small mistake like that, you know who's the one to catch it? Mike. So listen here, bucko. You might have to edit my podcast for me from now on if you continue to find and point out my mistakes. I don't even know how I don't manage to catch stuff like that because I truly listen to the episode at least three times in full before I even post it between editing and listening to the master copy before I upload it. So I don't know. I guess I gotta really buckle down on this one and make sure I don't trip myself up anywhere. (laughs) So to get into last week's recap, this past weekend really affirmed why I took a break from drinking for a month, honestly. Mike and I went to a show on Friday night at Brooklyn Bowl and I genuinely was planning on having a drink or two that night. I had even talked about it the weekend prior being like, oh, next weekend will be a chill weekend since we had just done the weekend down in Dewey. Yet lo and behold, I had quite a few more than two drinks on Friday and and woke up an absolutely shell of a human being on Saturday morning. Pretty much exactly what I told myself I wouldn't be doing going forward when I did start drinking again after my little hiatus. But all good. Definitely gave myself some grace on this one since it was the first night since like that break where I genuinely overdid it and woke up feeling horrendous the next day. And I at least don't see it happening anytime soon. Thankfully, with the plans I do have on the next upcoming weekends, my best friend from college is visiting at the end of the month and we don't usually heavily drink together as is. So I think I should be in the clear there. And then Mike and I are going to Shenandoah National Park the fall following weekend so it'll hopefully be a chiller next couple of weekends where I can redeem myself because it wasn't even very out of character drunk for me which I don't love partially likely because of the break I took from drinking my tolerance is just absolutely shot just added a whole other layer of like natural hangover anxiety for me for the next day that I'm not looking to experience again anytime soon other than that though very solid weekend this week ahead is really busy for me. So honestly, just kind of looking forward to getting this week over with. As for my weekly win though, it's going to lead right into my book recommendation because my weekly win is that I stuck to my goal and I finished the book that I started last week in a week so I could talk to you guys about it during this episode. And I'm just very happy with myself that I stuck to that goal. I think it did help, honestly, that I loved the book I was reading last week and just 
just giving myself the timeline of being like, okay, I want to talk about it next week. So I really had to finish it. I think it'll be really good for me going forward and hopefully we'll really be able to bang out like a book a week. The book was The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, which come to find out is another pen name for an author duo. I'm genuinely now wondering how many authors I've read that I thought were one person that turned out to be two. But one of the author's names is Christina and the other is Lauren. So they just go by Christina Lauren for their novels. So I guess you wouldn't have really known that unless like you looked it up. But a lot of times I've been starting to read the acknowledgments and like the about the author at the end of the book. So that's how I found that out. Absolutely loved that book though. It's just pure like cringy rom-com energy and I loved every second of it. It was just a super light and fun read. Another kind of book that I would heavily recommend if you were trying to get back into reading. It just was a really cute and funny plot. Very strong like enemies to lovers trope. And for me, when I like the male lead in a book that I'm reading, it definitely just makes it way better in my opinion. Probably just because it gives you something to romanticize. The characters really reminded me of January and Gus from Book Lovers by Emily Henry, if you guys have read that, which is one of my favorite books. It was just a similar dynamic between the two of them. All in all, great read. I gave this a 4.4 out of 5 stars on my scale. The scale that makes absolutely no sense, so do with that as you will. But definitely on my books, I'd recommend to like nearly anyone list. As for my read for this week, I started Good Rich People by Eliza Jane Brajir. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm probably butchering it. Sorry. Definitely a different vibe than the rom-com I was reading last week. It's more of a murder thriller front, so we'll see how it goes. I'm only about 30 pages in so far, but plan on reading quite a bit between tonight and tomorrow night, so hopefully can also hit the goal of finishing this before next week's podcast recording as well. For this week's episode, I thought it would be pretty fitting to kind of have a chat with my younger self. With last week's episode being everything I consider myself too old for now it definitely has just led me into a lot of deeper thought about growing up and how so many situations in my life I probably could have handled differently not that I necessarily may want to even now because I do firmly believe in the kind of butterfly effect of things where if certain moments didn't take place at those exact instances, the state of your life could be completely different. So whether I would actually change anything is up for debate, but these are all just kind of things that have been on my mind where if I met younger me and needed to give them a bit of advice to help them through their growth journey, these are probably some things I would tell little little old Brie. Looking all the way back to high school, I can pretty confidently say I hated those years of my life. I know for plenty of people, those years are filled with an extreme lack of confidence and uncertainty and just not feeling like yourself in your own skin. And I can completely relate to all of those feelings without a doubt. It's safe to say I dealt with a lot of mean girl energy in high school and even college. Honestly, there's truly nothing more in this world that I fear more than a teenage girl, I don't think, because of just those experiences. At least in my school, I feel like people were pretty brutal to each other, to be honest with you. I remember there being a random group of girls that cycled through hating me for no reason at all because I barely knew them and they knew little to nothing about me too personally besides what they probably heard from other people and of course my generation of middle school and high school was full of tumblr and ask fm and form spring and any mode of social media that you could use to bully the hell out of one another we 
totally used it. And what I hate about dealing with an environment like that now, looking back, is it really affected the way I make friends and view certain aspects of friendship. It has sometimes made me extremely hesitant to get close to people because of how relationships were handled in the past. You know, I talked about in my last episode how it was pretty vital for my mental health to unfollow and unfriend people on social media from this era of my life for that reason. There are very few positive moments looking back sometimes, but I fully wish I could tell my younger self that the close-minded and honestly shitty individuals from back then are not a complete resemblance of the world, at least my small world and the people that I surround myself with now. I wish I could tell myself that I find incredible people that appreciate me and I love endlessly and not an ounce of that negative energy is in my life anymore. High school was also rough for me because I was under pretty extreme pressure to just constantly perform at near perfection at all times academically. It was made very clear to me early on that if I wanted to go to college and not be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from private student loans that I needed to paved my way there myself and that meant working my ass off for any scholarship under the sun that I potentially qualified for. It meant four more AP classes every year during the later years, which at the end of the day was probably more work than I ever did in college sometimes thinking about it. I think even my parents can admit they were a little too hard on me sometimes. It definitely unfortunately really affected my people-pleasing qualities now and my perfectionist attitude that I developed from those years, which translates now into my professional career. So I wish I could simply tell my younger self to chill out, honestly, but most importantly, let her know that the hard work pays off in the end. I swear between both high school and college, you end up so stressed sometimes that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if I knew it was there like all along, it probably would have been a lot more manageable because the same kind of situation applied for college me as well. I wish I could go hug little crying me every time I failed an engineering exam and tell her that not a single one of those matters now. I just remember how absolutely gutted I would feel after some of my really hard exams junior, senior year, and it was sometimes just the absolute worst feeling and really hard to deal with because I didn't have a ton of friends in my major that understood what I was going through at least. Knowing now that not an ounce of my GPA matters in my life is just the hugest relief and I wish I could have had a better attitude about my education sometimes in the moment. Along the same lines as the high school relationships and friendships I was talking about earlier, I think it's been hard sometimes to admit to myself that outgrowing people and friendships is okay. It's just a natural cycle of life and it happens to pretty much everyone. There were definitely people that I was close with in years past that I thought were people that would be next to me for the rest of my life, but It's been pretty eye-opening even just the past few years to see the type of person that someone turns out to be, whether it's post-high school or post-college or whatever it may be. And just like that person is growing, you're growing on your path. And somewhere along both of your paths, those lines just might not intersect anymore or even run remotely parallel. And it can be sad to see relationships like that go. 
But like I mentioned before, I would want my younger self to know that she still has amazing people in her life, despite ones that may not be around anymore. And there's still plenty of opportunity to meet more people at any age. Another thing that I've touched on in my body insecurities and fitness episode is my relationship with my body and how that's completely grown and changed. In high school and college, there was nothing more that I wanted than to be legitimately twig thin. I think at any age, there's still so much pressure on women's bodies and weight and what's quote unquote attractive or trendy to look like. All I wish I could tell my past self is that it's cool as hell to fucking love yourself and not give a shit about what anyone else thinks about your appearance. Something you definitely learn with age is that the most attractive quality a person can have is confidence and you can't tell me otherwise. Every little thing that I've ever been insecure about, I swear someone else has found attractive and yet I thought being the skinniest thing on earth is what was going to make me happy overall. Joke's on me because what makes me the happiest is, yes, kicking my own ass in the gym, but to an extent that I'm building muscle and a lot of times probably gaining weight rather than losing it. I'm just in such a happier place now than I was even just three years ago with my body that I wish my younger self could see and be proud of. Now, something that I definitely don't talk about a ton and sometimes I completely forget ever happened, honestly, is that I originally went to Syracuse my freshman year. I was there my entire first semester and then I actually ended up transferring back home to a state school for my second semester freshman year, so for the spring, and then I transferred back to Syracuse the fall of my sophomore year and was there ever since. So yes, it admittedly incredibly confusing. You're telling me because it was an incredibly confusing time in my life, but I wish I could tell my younger self to just stay at Syracuse freshman year and not go through that whole debacle of transferring back and forth. It was truly just the dumbest few months of early adulthood for me. The whole quote unquote reasoning behind my transferring was brought upon by myself, honestly. I wasn't putting myself out there at school. I had friends, don't get me wrong, but I was just in a spell of feeling incredibly lonely at some point in times during my first semester. And I thought everyone else wasn't feeling that way, but spoiler alert, they were, and I'm a clown. So I had fully convinced myself that Syracuse was what was wrong with the picture, and I'd feel more at home somewhere else, preferably somewhere where I knew I'd feel comfortable, which meant, you know, going back towards home, yada yada. But young Bree, I will tell you right now that you're a dummy. First off, when I transferred home, I was living literally at home and commuting to my new school every single day. No clue why I thought that taking away my own independence was going to make me happier, but that was obviously the wrong move. I did meet some wonderful people at the school that I did attend for that semester, and they're people I still love to this day. So I'd say that is part of my like non-regretful aspect of this situation. But I think just not being confident in my first decision and not really trying to push myself at Syracuse was a mistake on my part. And I would have learned a lot more than by not pussying out basically and running away from something that made me a little uncomfortable. Another thing that I would tell myself about past situations in friendships is to take my friends' opinions and outsider viewpoints seriously. I'm all for really not caring what anyone thinks at times, but 
I do think part of a solid foundation for any sort of friendship is trusting one another's viewpoints and opinions and at least giving them the time of day. You don't necessarily have to agree with them right off the bat, but really taking account how another person may feel about a situation especially when that situation doesn't involve them and they have no gain out of it, could really benefit your decision making in the long run. For example, not to get into specific details, but a lot of people that were close to me in college had some pretty pointed opinions on my romantic relationship that I was in at the time. It was so natural for me to quickly dismiss all of their opinions in a sense that you know, no one understands your relationship like you do. You think you know best because you know your partner the best or whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, my friends had nothing to gain out of this situation by trying to help me through issues that may spring up or by voicing their opinion on said person. And in all honesty, I would have avoided some pretty ugly situations if I had just listened to my friends and truly taken their opinion into account before just being like, nah, I got this on my own. It's also worth it to mention that romantic partnerships in your life shouldn't have drastic effects on your friendships. There were definitely a few people that I was close to in college that I unfortunately can't say I'm very close to anymore. And the direct cause of that was because of the relationship that I was in and the way the person I was with felt about them or the way that they felt about him or whatever the situation was. I've definitely just learned with age that this kind of situation was extremely juvenile, to be quite blunt about it, and shouldn't have been the case, and definitely isn't the case in my current relationship. So definitely wish younger me listened a little bit more than I ended up doing and recognized that this type of conflict wasn't healthy. And along the same lines, I would definitely tell younger me not to settle for any relationship that doesn't feel like a hell yes. And I don't mean this to say you can't have any hesitations or doubts about a partner. That'd be pretty unrealistic because no one's perfect and feelings ebb and flow, but it's pretty evidently clear when two people are enthusiastic about being together and just naturally on the same page. I think I spent a lot more time than I should have in the past prioritizing people that didn't prioritize me and made that very clear or letting major issues go that I would never tolerate now, that's for sure, just because I was naturally scared of being alone and trying to navigate life like that after such a long time. Like I've said before, I wouldn't wish any relationship I've had to not exist in my life. I think they all were incredibly vital to growing to be the person I am now in a relationship. I would love to show my younger self the love in my life today and how healthy and easy and just genuinely happy it is. And as much as that process does come with finding a great partner, it's also about being a great partner to someone else. And I think I had to work on plenty of things to reach that point on my end. And on the same note of finally embracing the challenge of being alone, I think one thing I did right and would tell someone else's younger self to do is to move out of your hometown or state or whatever your quote unquote comfort area is. I know I've preached about it plenty of times on this podcast, but it's genuinely baffling that I've ever known a life without Philly, honestly. It's kind of funny to me how I've had so many situations where I've been in unfamiliar places and felt so uncomfortable and really questioned if I wanted to stay where I was or not. But Philly just really has never been 
one of them. It's never been a place I've questioned and it was my riskiest move by far. It's honestly never been a question for me to leave here yet. This city was like everything I had been missing in my life before I moved here. And it honestly may be because I moved here completely for myself and the situation was based on none other than that. I didn't need to move for work or a partner or any life circumstance in particular. I just did it because I said fuck it and I wanted a change. I couldn't have lucked out more with how this situation went. I highly encourage everyone to do something like this. I know plenty of people have much more restriction on where they can go and might not have remote jobs or be able to comfortably afford where they want to live. So I'm completely empathetic in that regard, but I can't promote a fresh start in an unfamiliar place enough if you're really struggling with finding yourself wherever you are right now. Something that I've been hearing and seeing a lot lately is people on social media preaching how you should travel while you're young because when you're old, you're quote unquote more restricted and can't for whatever various reasons. And I do agree with some of this. I will wholeheartedly tell my younger self to travel while I'm young and will continue to do so, but I can't express enough how I hate this idea of the fact that you're restricted when you're older. Maybe it's the part of me talking that is very hesitant about ever starting a family or having kids. Jury's still pretty out on that thought, and I've only leaned towards not wanting that with age and thinking it should be the norm to not have kids rather than immediately assume everyone in a partnership should have them. But I digress. I don't want to feel like going into my 30s or 40s means I'm dying. Like, why can't I travel while I'm young and continue to grind at work and set myself up so I can do whatever the hell I want when I'm older and always enjoy my life? I get glamorizing your 20s. It feels like you have far less responsibilities now than you may have in 10 plus years. But just because you have responsibilities doesn't mean you can't live your life exactly the way you want to if you set yourself up for it. And this also ties into another thing that I would tell my younger self, and that's to not compare your path to anyone else's. Life is so much more than you go to school to get a job and meet a partner and get married and start a family and then you're a parent and then you retire and then you die. Like what? And even if you want to take that path, like be my guest if that's what makes you happy and fulfilled. All I'm saying is that something different is going to make everyone's life feel worth living and you don't have to follow this cookie cutter roadmap just because someone told you that was the right way to do things when you were 12 years old and that's how the world works. I will forever be the hugest advocate of completely writing your own story and taking the time to look inwards within yourself and figure out what a happy path and ending and a fulfilled life looks like to you. But to me, that's traveling until the day I die, not just while you're young. A very specific thing that I would tell my younger self is that I'm an absolute idiot for buying my car that I have currently, though I do love her very much. I was lucky enough to have a perfectly fine, great, newer used car that was completely paid off up until May 2020. I completely fell into the trap of car prices and car loan interest rates being incredibly low because of the pandemic and nobody was buying cars. And of course, my dad also works part time at a car dealer. So I had easy access to them and I felt completely in love with my Jeep Grand Cherokee that I have now. Did I get a great deal on it at the time? Yes, for sure. But 
was going from zero car payment to a car payment for the next few years wise for me when I had a completely perfect car that would have lasted nearly just as long. Not in the slightest. So I definitely wish I could go back and maybe change that decision a little bit as well as just really enforce budgeting and saving when I first got my corporate job. If I had started managing my money the way I try to now back then, I definitely have a lot more saved and invested for the future. But it's just another one of those things that you don't figure out until you're doing research on it on your own if no one teaches you these things. Just another huge fan of the idea that these simple, basic finance tactics should be taught in high school. There's simply no reason we shouldn't be taught how to invest and grow our money. And it's just another downside to the current education system, in my opinion. But that's a rant for another day. And last but not least, I would totally tell my younger self to start this podcast because I wish I could have done this way earlier. Working on this project for myself has truly just brought so much joy to my day-to-day. I don't think I realized how important it is for me to have something in my life that I consider myself extremely passionate about, and this really just filled that role for me. I have so much fun doing this every week. I love having something in my life that I get to be creative on because my day-to-day job certainly is not like this at all. And honestly, just being able to talk through what's on my mind has made my head so much clearer week to week. I'm what I would consider to be an extremely opinionated person. So, you know, being able to rant about my opinions on topics totally has its perks now that I have a space to do so too. I will say before I started this, I was naturally incredibly nervous to do so. Thinking about putting your voice on the internet for dozens of people to listen to every week is really stressful, especially when you have a people pleaser attitude like me and you're worried about people judging you a little bit, whether it's just based on having the podcast or your opinions or whatever it may be. I'm just so glad I pushed myself past feeling that way to do something positive for myself in the long term and hopefully give you guys content that you enjoy listening to every week. And on that note, that will conclude this week's episode. There are probably so many more things I could go back and tell my younger self, but like I said, I don't know if I would actually change too much at the end of the day. I do try to be someone who doesn't have many regrets in life. Of course, there's going to be some here and there. But I try to live my life knowing that most challenges that I face are a growing and a learning experience. And as long as you keep your head on straight, everything will work out hopefully the way it should. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Keep it classy and I'll see you next week. Bye.